Hey, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we start this next episode, I have a quick question for you. How do you feel about being subpoenaed in your private practice? If you have any fear, sense of dread, or worry, you are not alone. Please join us for our upcoming training with Nicole Stoller-Peterson on mastering your subpoena process in private practice. It's going to be an amazing training to help build your confidence, to help you serve your clients better, and to take out the guesswork when it comes to being subpoenaed in your private practice. All you need to do is go to zinnime.com and check out the training there. You will also get a recording if you sign up. We can't wait to see you there. We know it took a lot to start your private practice, to go out to whether it's part-time or full-time and kind of go down that path. And there, it like, there's probably a lot that you told yourself as you started going to like shore yourself up and get yourself going. And there is nothing more kind of disheartening or frustrating to be in that struggle place of like, oh, I did this thing and I started it. And now like, oh God, this is like, harder than I thought it was going to be. This is taking longer. Like there's so much that I like, I don't even know what I don't know, but like, I'm figuring out, like, I really don't know. Um, so first and foremost, you are not alone. There is nothing out there that says you were supposed to figure out and know all this on your own. Nobody goes into this, knowing all the stuff that they need to know. Um, and I think also, I want to call out the fact that most of us went to school. I mean, you can put in the chat or you can raise your hand that you went to school thinking that like private practice was a thing someday. Um, like that was definitely like a thing someday for me. And then by the time I got out of grad school, like I was like, oh, that's definitely not a thing. Um, because they don't teach us and prepare us at all for being business owners and like what this, what, even what clinical work looks like in private practice, there's no preparation or there's some kind of disconnect along the way because what we're reading in a book maybe seems a little more private practice. And then we go into practicum or internships and that doesn't look anything like what was in the book. And it doesn't look anything like what's in private practice most of the time. And so we're in this like weird space where even as we're starting our business, it's not even just like we're struggling maybe with the marketing or what to charge or, you know, billing people. We're also kind of struggling with like dynamically clinically, like what does this look like? And how do I have these conversations on the phone with people? And what does the first session look like? And why aren't people staying? What, what am I doing wrong in this whole thing? Like, why don't people like me? Is it because of my fee? Um, is it because of this? Is it like, is my couch not comfortable? Like whatever the thing is. And we just start to like get in our heads um, about all of it. So today is really about helping you hear from other people what this experience is like. Um, so, well, for those of you who are hopping in, who were not here for our first Q and A, <laughs> I'm Kelly Higdon. This is Miranda Palmer. Together, we are Zinni Me, mm -hmm. and we wanted to do this Q and A so that you can meet other business schoolers and hear their stories. To also know that you aren't alone. For you to remember that there are many paths <laughs> to having a practice that you love. Um, and I am so grateful to our business schoolers for showing up and giving their time. 
Uh, they are very busy people. And we teach them that if you ask to pick their brain, that they, they say, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have time for that. But they are, this is a way that they are giving back to the community. So thank you, each of you, for being here. Post your questions in the chat. I'll be going through them um, as we go through here, as we do the introductions. But if you have questions about business school, about building a practice, you have some experts here beyond me and Miranda. Mm -hmm. We have Megan, Lisa Beth, Lisa Manka, Stara Shakti. So um, Khan just left. Oh, Khan They had to run. So <laughs> okay. it's okay. Um, so uh, let's go through with introductions. Lisa, you've been hanging out. You came in a little early. <laughs> Tell everybody about your practice, where you were before business school, where you're at now. Um, so I'm a dance movement therapist and licensed professional clinical counselor <laughs> um, in San Francisco. And I, uh, I had a private practice started. I don't think I ever told you guys how I started my private practice. I was in a really, really bad like social work position. And I was like, I hate this. I hate case management. And I had like maybe a couple clients and then I figured out I could rent the space and I filled my schedule with 14 clients and I had a folding chair and a couch and I opened my practice and that was all I had. And I, I love like, it. A folding chair and a couch. I got the folding chair and they sat in the couch and I was just like, okay, well, I know they're not coming back for the decor. So I guess I have something to offer, but it was, it was, uh, it was a little rough. So, but I, I always was full, but it was probably like 25 insurance clients, which is so much work. And so, and then during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I need to look at these business things that usually I hide from. Like, I, I don't, I don't like marketing and I don't like, I don't like any of these things. And I, my friend actually sent me uh, your free training. And then I hopped on and I won the business school boot camp. Like that was just like my experience. And then that's how I ended up uh, with working with you guys. And now um, this is my first year that my gross is like six figures for my business. So, so that's my story. Yeah. Doing dance movement work at, I mean, yeah. I, I love the kind of work that you do. I think it's, I think it's cool. I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that too. I'm like from a folding chair and 25 insurance clients burning myself out to yeah. six figure gross. And, and I know the two, like, and I want to be clear too. Um, it was very kind of you to, to share that number. Like those numbers, like there's a difference between gross and profitability. Like those are, those are pieces. Like that's not the magic number. But what I do know for Lisa, because she's in business school, is she knows what her magic number is. She knows what the gross is that she needs to hit to have the take-home income that's sustainable for her living in San Francisco. Like she knows what those numbers are. So it's not just about a magic gross number. I hate the word gross as our gross. <laughs> like gross, gross number. It's not just a magical income number. It's also a, hey, here's my target that's based on what I need to be a great clinician and to be happy and healthy and financially stable. Yeah. You know, like, I love that. I love it. Uh, Lisa Beth, we'll just go with the Lisa's today. Right. <laughs> Lisa Beth. 
Um, I started my practice in 2008 and I'm in a really dis economically disadvantaged town in, in New Hampshire. And I just had this self-limiting belief that I couldn't really do much to improve my situation. I was burnt out, I was burnt to a crisp and I didn't really even know it. Um, and my business wasn't running smoothly. Um, and I took everyone who called, basically. I was on insurance and I started with the, the, the marketing masterclass and that just like really grabbed me. It was like, wow, there's so much information here and it's just free. And so I started digging into, you know, boot camp and realized there's a whole program here that could really help me not only turn around my business, but honestly turn around my life. My life has improved so much as my business has grown. Um, and with boot camp, there's just, there's a roadmap. It just takes you step by step. And I know that I can keep coming back as I grow and my business grows and I learn new things and I grow and stretch and I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone and do new things. You've done a lot of that. Like when I first started my first round of boot camp, I did skip a lot because it was like, there's no way I'm doing that. That's like too way too scary. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> and, right and then I learned the second round, wow, you know, they really know what they're talking about. And I try new things. I do videos and like that, I never thought I'd do. Um, <laughs> and I just see, you know, how it, how these, how things are really able to blossom and grow. And so I'm just so excited to go through boot camp again and see where I end up in the, at the end of two weeks. So. The thing that, that I'm struck by is, um, like I kind of wish, and I know there's probably somewhere is like, if you were to even look at Lisa Beth, not just on video, but like Lisa Beth before business school, when I think about like the way that you were just like, just kind of like your energy, like the light, when you said burnt to a crisp, right? Like, I think like that looks a certain way. It feels a certain way in the body. And like to see you today, right? To Period see light. And that, yeah, there's a little glow. And I don't think it's makeup, y'all. Like, I feel like there's, there's just this like, like, ooh, kind of space. And I know there's these, I know there's more to go. And I know there's all the pieces, but like that uncovering, um, I know Stara mentioned it in the last round, that idea of like, I get to, um, she said, like, I'm turning into the person, you know, whatever I'm turning into a different person. We're like, no, we're just taking all the weights and releasing the pieces that are, um, keeping you from being you and being fully present in the world. You know, it's beautiful. <gasps> I love it. Stara. Okay. So thank you. Um, I, um, so I'm, I'm Stara Shakti for those of you who don't, um, haven't met yet. <laughs> um, and uh, I have been in practice, licensed practice 
I've been in practice for seven years, but I've been licensed and in my own private practice for this is like the one year anniversary, right, right about now. Um, so I joined a boot camp about six months mm-hmm. into my practice. And um, I, um, I just, um, I was thinking about the video, Elizabeth, when you said the video, I was thinking about the video. I made. <laughs> the first video I made um, as part of the, one of the assignments in that very first like two week live working session in October when I joined and I was like in tears. Mm. I, I was in tears recording my video. Cause it, um, it was like, it was a bittersweet thing. It was like painful to um, <clears throat> explain this, to finally be seen, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it was also, you know, sweet and joyful to also to finally be seen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how I felt in boot camp. And, and now it would be such a different video. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just reflecting back. Thanks for the opportunity to like Hmm. memory lane. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Star. Do you want to share a little bit about what, uh, because I know, again, we're kind of replicating from the other, but like, what did your, even your practice look like financially when you started before business school? um, And what does it look like today? Oh, well, I mean, I can just say like, I spent a lot of my life, like like, like two decades, kind of living very poor. Like, uh, believe it or not, like I, I had a lot of limiting money beliefs um, and family of origin money trauma uh, that I was still working through and um, <clears throat> didn't quite value myself the way that I do now. Um, and uh, so, um, yeah, so uh, I was, my, my uh, clientele was like 80% sliding scale. And like by sliding scale, I mean like some of them were like 50, 65, 75, like under 100, 100 or under. Um, and now it's like 90% full fee, $200. I'm not taking more sliding scale slots at this time. I think I have one client maybe left. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a big, big shift in mindset. And it's been a big shift in, um, you know, uh, just feeling the, the confidence, you know, that um, I, sure I can do this. Why not? You know, so um, before I had a lot of doubts because, uh, of the family of origin trauma around like my, you know, model, the whole model minority stereotype. My mom never forgave me for not being a doctor, still hasn't forgiven me, but it's her choice. I'm happy living my life and I'm like now financially, you know, successful. And, uh, and I'm just really, I'm grateful for this path and um, yeah, for, the things, the confidence that bootcamp has given me and the information to, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, me. like you're, you're healing some transgenerational trauma around money. 
and finances yes. and about um, being seen, right? Mm-hmm. Like feeling that, Stara. Mm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. And uh, some of the, the see, being seen trauma is like past life too. So it's deep. It, 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 yeah. So yeah. I'm here and I'm finally like letting myself be seen. And I'm realizing that's what I love most about working with my clients is helping them feel seen. It's mm, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Courtney, I saw you came in a little bit. You want to share about your practice where you were before and now after business school? How are you? Hi. Um, sorry, I'm a little late. I just it's got out okay. of um, So yeah, I did the business school, the last cycle of it, and it was really helpful um, with oh my gosh, the SEO piece. Um, I will say that my practice is smaller than I wanted it to be right now, but I don't think that was because of um, like the content. It was more so related to, it just so happened that everything in my family system decided to happen all at once. Um, And I kind of had to take on some kind of a caregiver role because I had a family member that had back surgery. So I ended up needing to take care of them and because I wasn't able to work on my practice, I ended up joining a group practice, but I found them through ZinniMe because you guys <laughs> utilized them <laughs> as an example website, um, Kindful Body. Um, oh, you work for, for Marcella. For Marcella. Oh my God. I love her. I love her so much. Um, and it's fascinating getting to kind of see how, because like, I, I've, like kind of just seeing like the content and being like, oh yeah, no, that's how that looks when it's, when it, when you're really able to put in the time to work on it. And like, I, I'm still doing my own solo practice and it gives me motivation and inspiration to keep working on mine because of how well Marcella's is going. Um, I don't want to leave Marcella or anything like that. Um, but it makes me want to like really, really work and dig deep on mine. I just want to say like, I'm going to cry. Um, Marcella came to us um looking to like build a course um and because they were overworked and seeing way too many clients and weren't able to meet the demand and um i have never i'm very like client oriented and marcella was someone that i i probably if i've ever strong armed somebody into doing something and like pulled them down the path, it was Marcella and doing group practice. It was one of those things where you just like know in your body, like this is what's supposed to happen. And like, it was like, I was very patient with, I believe probably like six or nine months of me like suggesting and saying, what if we did this? And what if and like, I can't do that? And I wouldn't be good at that. No one would want to work for me. And like, I don't, it's a, I, I you know, like, I don't, I can't do that. I live in the city and the, you know, Uh, trying to find commercial office space is an issue. And I was like, no, like this can be virtual. Like, why would anyone want to work for me in virtual? No, you'd be amazing to work with. Like, here's all of it. It was like, I just like knew it in my heart of hearts. She has virtual locations all over California has, I don't even know. I haven't checked in in a minute of how many um, employees that she has. And she just cares so freaking deeply for each of them. Her caseload is now at a sustainable place. And now 
she can do the course because she actually has space to do the course and do these other things. And she has this wonderful platform and community of people that are part of the, the bigger thing that could be part of the course. So it all um, come together beautifully, but oh, I think man. it's a really Courtney, I'm glad you're sharing that like life happens yeah. and how do you pivot and how do you pivot in a way that works for you? Because we all have different circumstances and different levels of privilege that put us in, we have different decisions we have to make. And so the fact that you said, okay, this is what I need to do in order for me to still maintain my life and be a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to create the space to go back. We can always pivot. So thank you for sharing that. Megan, do you want to share a little bit about yourself? I thought I was just a lurker on this one. Oh, do you want to be a lurker? <laughs> yeah, you can be a lurker. That's okay. Yeah, I'm just going to be a lurker today. And this that's, one. That's Perfect. fine. Um, so one of the questions that, and I saw some new business schoolers in here. I saw Grinda. I saw um, Maria, another Maria. And so welcome in here. Hey, Grinda. Grinda's already through her module one. <laughs> Congrats, Brenda. <laughs> can, I, can I just share something? Brenda and I went to like our grad school together. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, she, she just to, like messed with me. And and also um, Andrea or Andrea, I'm not, I'm not sure how to say, say her name. We also went to school together. So it's awesome. like a little Antioch reunion. Awesome. Brenda oh. and Maria, how are you guys doing? You want to, uh, how's it going in your first round of business school? <laughs> Your first few days. Well, you're in the new cohort. I'm, so I'm not, I'm not sure I can talk without crying. So you have to bear with me. But when I came into the intro that you had, I cried all the way through it. Like it was just, I, I just felt like I, I have built this machine that I'm in the middle of that's somehow running me at a pace that's not humanly manageable. And, you know, it's scary to feel like you've had success, but the success is just drowning you in it. And I, I don't, I don't want to work my life to death. And there was something, I think the way you just opened it and gave us permission to have our feelings and just acknowledge the isolation and the feeling like the shame, the feeling like I'm in this by myself. I did this to myself mm-hmm. and everybody else must be doing it right. And I must be the one that's just completely fucked up. And to just have this experience that the, the room was full of other therapists feeling similar experiences was just in itself, like so healing. And I was just, I just left that session with no choice. It was like, I just felt like divine intervention had occurred and I was where I needed to be in the moment. And I, I literally, the only thing I had not finished in module one was a little session on tapping. So I woke up this morning with a headache and I'm like, I got to finish that tapping thing. I mean, I was, I was just lat, by the way, Kelly, you in the closet and was just like, I just, I, I said, oh my gosh, I have a crush on her. (laughs) Like the fact that you just freaking get in a closet and videotape yourself with no makeup on and say, I want you to record this video, which by the way, whoever said I will never record a video. I was right there with that was Lisa Beth. <laughs> but I have to tell you, like, I was so inspired at how vulnerable you were. 
Mm. And I was just like, if you can get in a closet and make a video with no makeup on and be so full of joy free, and I can sit on my sofa and make a video in my pajamas. <laughs> and, and so I did it. And then I did this tapping thing this morning, which by the way, I was like, this is a bunch of hooey, but, but after I did it, I just got willing. And after I did it, you guys, I'm not kidding you. Like I woke up with this terrible headache. And by the time I was done doing all the little things and hit my head and doing this thing, I didn't have a headache anymore. And I, I'm going to feel like my clients are going to think I've like gotten religion. I'm going to be like in my practice going, okay, we're going to do this today. I just really want you to try it. I know it sounds crazy, but trust me, it, it's just, I'm so inspired, you know? And if that's what I've gotten in like module one, I I've just been willing. I literally, I sent out the little thing that you, that you were like, I want you to ask your friends and family three things that are your strengths. And I thought, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And then I just got willing and I did it. And you guys, I was just, mm. I was just blown away. You know, it's like people reflected back, back to me, things that I didn't see in myself, you know, and it's like, and it's, I became a therapist because of all sorts of trauma. And I just, what you said in that, in that workshop was we were all having a trauma response and it just made so much sense. I am sitting here with a cucumber. It just, <laughs> it, it just made so much sense to me. I'm getting ready to go to work. So I'm making my lunch while I'm doing this. That's fine. It's fine. I mean, I was just like, holy shit. That's exactly what's happening to me. I'm in the middle of all my trauma and I've done exactly what I do, which is I, I rely on myself. I trust me to do it. I'm going to work my ass to the bone. I can do that. I know I can do that. I have, I have survived all of that. I can survive this too. But I just, part of that fundamental underlying belief system is I had to do it alone. And the vulnerability of like asking for help and being seen by all of these other people who feel the same way is like the places I need to push into with my clients. Mm. you know, and, and so if I can't do it and I can't risk, how am I going to help them do it in risk? Mm. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful to you guys. I've been following you on the periphery since probably since I was in grad school, like your emails have been dropping into my inbox and it's been on my someday maybe list, but I just got in enough pain to do it. Mm -hmm. So my hope and prayer is that other people don't have to be in as much pain as I was in order to find you and get here. Mm. Thank you. Will you please open up module two so I can start? <laughs> Hang on. It'll be, it'll, it'll be shortly. It'll yeah. be shortly. But I think, as you said, like you're not alone. Um, and there is so much replicating that we do in our business. And there is that um, statement, like what we do in one thing is what we do in everything. And so the things that we're struggling with in our business are reflections of the things we're struggling with in our personal life and vice versa. And one of the beautiful things about this program that we have, not just that we believe in, that we see it, is that when you start to work on an area in one area of your life, it generalizes Ripples. to the other. So while this is a business building program, for sure. And it will transform your income and in your schedule and your clinical outcomes and all of that. But there is this other piece as we uncover why you're doing the things that you're doing and you start to do something differently and you have permission. And then you get this like, oh, this feels really good in this area of my life. Then we start to 
to do that in our personal life as well. And when we start to realize I'm good enough at work, then we start to realize like, oh, I'm, I'm good enough at home too. I'm good enough in all of these other areas. You know, when I, when I learn how to ask for help at work or in my business, then I learn how to ask for help and receive help. Um, or even just not even ask, just accept help <laughs> um, in our personal lives. So there is this um, beautiful, we, the very first time that we did business school and we did it as like a seven day program. It really <laughs> was a boot camp the first time y'all. Like it was like, we didn't quite know this was, you know, nine years ago. So like, it's been a minute. And what the first time that we did it, I remember one person in particular saying, this is a this is a therapist empowerment program disguised as a business building program. They said, I did not realize how much this would impact me as a human, as a therapist, like personally, um, relationally, spiritual, like all of the things I didn't realize what an impact it would make. Um, and you know, if you haven't figured out yet, somehow Kelly and I are therapists, (laughs) we are trained therapists. We didn't come into this work as like business consultants. We're like, this would be a great niche. Um, We'll go ahead and and teach therapists about business. We came into this as therapists who have built private practices, who have been there, done that, who have done clinical supervision. She's done group therapy. I've, I've taught at the graduate level, like, uh, you know, new therapists or aspiring therapists, like this is us. Um, totally. And we want to change eating a banana. This is Kelly eating a banana um, in do. support of Grinda's cucumber. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm having my, uh, this is electrolytes. And then a minute I have like a protein shake over there to so help get me sustain the four hours, but um, <laughs> your clients need you, your people need you, you need you. Um, and we want to support that. And and also I'm chatting too much. We'll get back to y'all and yep. questions, but there's, so the thing about the tapping that's really funny is that I went to a training with like a coach that came in. It was at like a business, it was like a women's networking thing. And she taught tapping. And I was like, this is a bunch of hoo-ha. This is a bunch of hooey. Like, I don't know. This seems really dumb. And then I had this trauma client that I went through all of my safe place exercises. I did all the things I learned in the, in like thousands of hours of training in graduate school and my EMDR certification, I pulled out all the stops and like nothing was helping this client settle. And I was like, well, we could do this thing and it looks really dumb, but like, let's just do the thing. And I didn't do it as the EFT. I didn't do it in the full thing. We just did the tapping and the client was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I was like, really? They're like, yeah, no, it's great. Like, and then they can't, they're like, I'm going to practice this. And they came back and the client was like crying. They're like, I'm a tapper. Like, this is like, this is, you don't understand. This has changed my life. And I was like, hell yeah. Okay, cool. And then I started trying it with more clients and finding this, this experience. So I, I think that is that, um, it's a funny thing, right? I would have never thought that I would be a tapper. I would have thought that I would have taught thousands of therapists across the United States and abroad about like the joy of tapping. Like who knew when I was sitting there going, this is a bunch of hooey. <laughs> like this is weird. Um, yeah. Maria and Haley, you're both 2022 cohort. Yes. You don't have to speak if you don't want to. Hey, Maria. <laughs> we just want to say hi and that we see you and, and we, well, how's it going? Say, um, it's a slow start. 
Um, but I do want to say that I started in 2019 mm. and I went through, uh, and I was really trying to piece it together and I was wondering why there wasn't a book on how to do this because of course I don't teach you in school and um, stumbled upon a couple of things, came upon, um, and I guess it was maybe the last day of the week of business boot camp and won the um, paperwork packet. Nice. And I, you, you know, like, put your name in the chat. And I was like, I can't do fast enough. Like, wait, what? Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> it was really close to the end, y'all were moving fast. And I was like, yes. oh, that's me. So I was really excited. And I thought I had uh, everything I needed. Um, here we are three years later. And I figured out some more things. Um, I just spent a ton of money on a business coach who was meeting with me weekly and decided to do some group coaching and I felt dropped and abandoned because <laughs> it was like we met on Thursday and then Sunday she's like yeah so you can join the group or I can give you money back and she gave me some of my money back so I was feeling a little lost hmm. and um I'm on the uh way out part of my career that I'm not trying to work real hard. I'm not trying to see uh, complicated trauma cases. My husband is looking to retire and um, I have just not been generating the income that I need, that I want, that I need, but also that I want because I, I probably want more than what I need. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, and Part of my challenge um, has been uh, my documentation, which I worked with um, Melissa mm -hmm. and just kind of finishing up her thing. And so that's Good. been very helpful. So I'm on a slow roll to get that. Good. Um, so I just got an email and I said, like, let me check this out. And, <laughs> um, I'm glad and you're the, the interesting thing is, you know, I, I didn't really have the money then when I uh, first I encountered your course and then I kept thinking that's a lot of money and I kept looking around I kept looking around it's like that's a lot of money and then the I took out credit to me this business coach I got a credit card and I was like spent a lot more money than I probably mm -hmm. should have and later I was like well that was the grace of God to get out of that because I really would have been in a lot of debt um so the other day and I was just like, well, you're gonna spend the credit anyway <laughs> and you're doing a little bit better than you were and decided to go ahead and do this course. And particularly since it's uh, lifetime access. Yeah. Well, um, we'll, we'll have you pay that bill off soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the piece that like, you know, it does seem like a lot of money until you get into it and you're like, Oh, and you, again, you start piecemealing the things around and you really do spend so much more. And the, and, and to be honest, like our business coaches that we have, right. We have business coaches too. We have people outside of us. They want us to absolutely not do lifetime access. Like that is like a thing that they're like, do not do this. Like you need to start charging a monthly, you need to start charging an annual, like 
Like, this is like not sustainable. And we're like, but we love it. And it's amazing. And like, it makes us happy. Um, so we, 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 we challenge that and we explore it every year, every six months, we come back to the question of like, are we going to keep doing it this way? Um, but there is like, it's, it's unheard of y'all to go into a program like this and have that lifetime access and the kind of support that we give. Um, so we're happy to do that. There's a great question here. Um, well, um, what I love, Lisa already answered this for Danny, but I love Lisa's response because Danny asked, in a saturated market, it feels hard to believe that I can build a self-sustaining practice that is only private pay. And Lisa's like, I'm in San Francisco. You can swing a dead cat and hit a therapist. <laughs> what do you feel like that? I think that that was something we went through a lot, Lisa, together, talking about the whole satur, you know, like, how are you going to stand out? What makes you unique? How do you speak to the kind of work that you do? Because you are in a saturated area. And, but, and I think also because you're a dance and movement therapist, which is kind of out of the norm, like, how do I describe that? Are people going to look for that? How do I? Do you remember that, that at way? all, Lisa? Yeah, like, yeah, I do. Especially I, when you got off insurance. Yeah. And I think dance movement therapy is tricky because people don't know as much what it is. Um, so basically brief whatever dance movement therapy uses movement um as a way to get into the psychotherapeutic process and as a dance movement therapist i had to train and analyze movement for psychological themes so not just like can you get like so cool. your body into this thing it's like well what is your body saying about what your mind is doing and then the opposite is true too like the movement interventions like yesterday i had a, a woman come to me that was um she was a dancer and she, and I was like, huh, like you keep talking about everything with your head. I was like, I want you to just drop out of that. And I want you to find a place in your body that feels good and move from that place. And we're not going to analyze it. We're not going to, you know, so it's such an interesting way to, to tap mm -hmm. into things. And then, um, but I think for a long time in my career, I saw it as a little bit of a an obstacle to overcome rather than a strength because I am constantly explaining what the hell dance movement therapy is. Mm. Like it can be exhausting. Right. And so I think leaning into this is the kind of work that I like to do was really helpful. And then also just because a market is saturated with therapists doesn't mean they're good therapists. Like <laughs> let's just like put that out there. Cause I had, um, had one client, and I'm like sitting here and, you know, this is when I first started and I was like struggling to make sure I was asking them questions and all this. And he's like, oh yeah, my friend had to fire her therapist. And I was like, oh, why? And the guy had fallen asleep on her like several times. So let's just be real. Like, you know, just cause there's tons of therapists doesn't A, mean they're good or worth the money. <laughs> you know? So I just want to point that out. And this is not an uncommon experience. And I think this is one of the pieces of, of burnout, of chronic illness that's all through our profession. And there's this, you know, chronically underpaid and overworked people. So you put that together, of course, you're going to have people who are falling asleep. You're going to have people who are checked out. You're going to have people who forget like what somebody said in session that they're not writing the notes and they can't remember what happened. And so they're kind of like figuring it out from time to time and there's no plan or, or what have you. Like those are, those are natural outcomes 
when you're trying to work within a broken system. And part of what our like deeper meaning is we want to change the system. We want to create a healthy system. We want to make this the norm that like what, um, Courtney was talking about, about going to work for group practice and going, this feels good. Yeah, this wasn't what I was thinking I was going to do in the midst, but like, hey, I'm someone's caregiver now. And like, I I don't have time and energy to kind of work and invest in the business part of it. But like, oh my gosh, this feels good to work for this place. I'm making a sustainable income. Like I see the, the bigger picture of this, like this feels good. That's what it should feel like. And that's not what it feels like for most of us, yeah. whether we're working for a group practice, we're working for agencies, we're working for um, large tech employers. Like that's not the experience. People are getting bait and switched, right? So like there are people who are coming into private practice, they're struggling to get clients or they're starting out and they're going to work for better help or, or some other um, big tech employer. And, you know, the word that someone used uh, this week was like bait and switch that like, they gave me these numbers and they made it seem like it was this easy thing. And I was getting a position. And then I started and realized, oh, I'm actually starting a business. I have to become a business owner. I have to do all this paperwork. And like, oh, that number they gave me was based on something that was like really kind of crazy, unsustainable, um, that I'm going to be working 60, 70 hours a week in order to hit that number. And now I have to take out self-employment taxes and all these other things that like, they didn't really like give me that number. They're just like, look at this. You can make six figures a year from home working in your pajamas is going to be great. And then they're like, wait a minute. Like this is not okay, you know. Alvi asks, and I want to hear from y'all, Lisa Best, Dara, Lisa. Um, I just started my practice last month and the struggle is real. I'm actively fighting the discouragement of being solo and I just started. Are my expectations too big? Can you dream too big? Lisa Beth, I see you. Yeah, I, no, you definitely can't dream too big. Um, and I encourage you to even dream bigger because it's possible. And I think what makes it possible or what made it possible for me is showing up. When I show up and I ask my questions and I participate is when I really grow and my practice is in flow. Um, when I stumble and feel overwhelmed and don't listen to myself or, or listen, or listen to the tapes, the negative tapes that are swirling in my head, that's when I hide. And, um, I would just really encourage you to put your questions out there and ask for support and, and know that we are really here for you. And we've all been there and some of us are still there, you know? So, um, no, your, your dreams are not too big and think about dreaming even bigger and maybe you'll fall back into the place of where you are now. And that'll seem more real. <laughs> Lisa. Yeah. I think it helps to think about the things you don't. Okay. So I worked in a, not agencies. I worked in County and state and I was doing inpatient psych for, for years. Right. 
and all I could think when I got my like practice was like I don't have to go to another fucking team meeting I don't have to do it I was so happy I don't have to kiss anyone's ass to get them to listen to me I don't have to like I'm sorry it was just what happened like it was just like oh it's such a fucking relief I don't have to like kiss the psychiatrist ass to like get them to listen to what I actually see with the client like it was so beautiful so lean into the things that feel good that you're like I don't have to talk to my boss about my coworker. you know I don't know splitting our freaking borderline client like it was just so nice. So maybe try and lean into these things, right? These things that feel really good. Yes, you you are on your own in a lot of ways, but there's some real beautiful things about that. And some of that is peace of mind. And yes, you're responsible for your own decisions, but they're your decisions. And how cool is that, you know? So I, I would just that, think about that. For me, that was so, oh, so much weight off. Like after like, I don't know, seven to 10 years of agency and work, I was like, I'm done. So. <laughs> I, you know, I just want to speak to it a little bit about my process when I started and leaving. I kind of left the same scenario Lisa did with county and psych and all of that and inpatient uh, psych. And some of that, place of um feeling alone it's not so bad when you like who you are and when you see the good in yourself and that you remember that you're capable that you got this far and that you were built with an internal compass and one of the things that came out of our burnout training, you know, and all of last week with our joy rally was really focusing on embodiment. That's why I like Lisa's work and stuff. I think it's so cool, but like tapping into some wisdom and that's our hope with business school that it builds that muscle that you, like Lisa Beth was saying, there's these tapes that aren't really me. And how do we slow them down or hit pause on them and get back into the true voice of who we are? Because um, being alone is scary if you're, if you don't know who this is, but as you start to build and remember your wise self and those wise mm-hmm. parts, it's, it gets less scary. And then too, having people reflect that back to you, you know, having Lisa Beth be visible and like post a video and say, this is what I'm putting my website. I'm freaking out. And everyone's like, this is good. Do this. I like that. Like having mirrors that are there to support you Mm -hmm. also remind you of who you are at your core Mm -hmm. and having that kind of scaffolding, I think is important. I think it's also, again, going back to this idea that like, we're supposed to know how to do all the things um, initially. So sometimes what comes up as part of this process too, is like your wise self is saying, I actually like, I need some more support in this. Like I need to learn how to do some things. There's some skills. It may have been unrealistic to that. You would grow at this pace and that you would know 100% of all the things you need to know to like get to whatever the goal is by whatever date you had set in your, in your mind. Right. Um, so it may be adjusting that getting into your wise self and saying like, Oh yeah, like 20 clients in six weeks when like, I don't know anything about websites or marketing. <laughs> like 
like, oh, that, that might not have like been like, like that's not there, but like, am I capable of learning how to do this? Yes. Yes. Right. Is there support in learning how to do this? Yes, absolutely. You are not alone. You are not the first person you are capable, but there may be some things that we have to figure out and learn. And that's okay. That doesn't make you less than it doesn't mean that like what you like that, that place of moving. When I started my private practice, I, I'm kind of a, I'm very logical um, in some very specific ways. Like I'm a numbers person. I'm a math person. Like I'm a that person, but also I have this intuitive part and when intuition, whether that's prayer or something else says you're going to do this thing. And it's like, there's a particular way it feels. And it's like, oh, I have to do the thing. And I might do it kind of kicking and screaming, but I will follow it because I know that when I hear that voice, when I hear that sense, it's like, this is the thing I'm supposed to do. Well, that's what private practice was for me. There was no math involved. There was no anything. It was, here's the thing. And I went to try to go and get support. And I did a coaching program that was better than nothing, but they didn't really teach me the things that I know today, I had to learn those things on my own. And some of those things I had to learn honestly through, uh, through my uh, first coaching clients, because I didn't know what I didn't know. So I'm like supporting people and doing things and teaching people things, you know, 15 years ago that like today I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I would never tell someone that because I had learned that from someone else. I replicated it. Then I went and started looking and going, Oh, that actually doesn't work long-term. Here's what that leads to. Oh, wait, I have become more aware. And I think that's one of the things that I, I love about what we do in business school and the fact that it is this group program that we've had so many people come through it is that we can re- we've really tested not just like what worked for one person or another person, like what really works ongoing and like, where's the wiggle in it? So like, here's the general thing, like this works, here are the ways to do it. And all of these different ways work. So like what feels good in your body and here are the things that like, if you put your head in the sand about money and numbers, like it doesn't work for anybody. So like, let's make it as easy as possible. Let's give you your, you know, your magic dashboard and let's start to unpack the money stuff for you. Like, let's dig into it, you know? So we have about nine minutes left. I would love to hear from, I, you all can keep posting your questions, but I'd love to hear from our other business schoolers in terms of for anyone out there who's struggling, um, who's working to bring to fruition, they've started their practice, but they're trying to get it to where they want it to be. What is one thing you think that could be of encouragement to them? Sarah. Oh, at your own pace. <clears throat> That's something that I realized um, in um, in boot camp. It's like don't don't compare yourself to other people, other therapists, where they're at. Like, just um, yeah, honor honor your energy and your flow and like your intuition about. Mm. Um, you know, what you need to do, you know, next and then the next and then the next step, you know, um, just trust yourself and have patience because it takes time. Yeah. And lean on, you know, 
uh, on on us as community to, you know, keep supporting and encouraging you along the way. Awesome. Thanks, Dara. Lisa. <laughs> Monka. <laughs> <laughs> I think you don't have to buy into hustle culture, right? Like you don't have to, cause I think I used to, um, a lot of the time would just be like, well, I'm not working hard enough if I'm not doing something 24 seven. Mm. And there are days where I have lazy mornings and that's okay. And it's just like, you don't, it's not, it's not the, the working harder, it's the working smarter piece right? So we don't have to, all right, for me, marketing seems to have worked best when I just make these individual connections. So I pour into that, you know, and I haven't poured into my website um, or the SEO as much, and maybe I should, but this piece is working, lean into that piece, you know? Mm -hmm. Find the ease. Yeah, it did put you laid the groundwork for that other stuff, you know, you are, you, you did that and you let it go after you did. Yeah. That. And then I just wasn't going to obsess over it. And then I was like, well, I made these relationships and they seem to be working. I don't need like one of my best referrals. And I think this is, or my referral sources. This is, it was just a dude I reached out to on LinkedIn. I've never met the man like he's he's cool we have like I have like three or four clients with him now and we'll have like you know every couple months we'll have a conversation how our clients are doing I refer to him he refers to me like so just don't oh oh and I had this really cool experience this is um so you never know where your sources your um your clients are going to come from so I put, when I started my business, I put business cards up randomly in like dance centers, right? And this year, somebody reached out to me and goes, hi, so I was looking for a dance therapist and somebody had your card from this ballet five years ago, maybe six years ago, I put up this card and we're, um, we're looking for a dance therapist to do um like three workshops for our students at this particular school in San Francisco and I was just like all the shit like never <laughs> like so just and also you just never know where something's gonna come from like right. so I mean I tacked it up at a ballet school that I know like six years later somebody be like here's a job no you know it was so funny. <laughs> I think that's what happens too. And if we weren't asking the questions, if we weren't like paying attention to that, we wouldn't know. And I think there is something about too with our marketing, there are things that have a short-term um, impact and fingers that have a longer-term impact, right? Some things take longer for fruition. And I love to, for those of you who are listening, notice that like LinkedIn is not what we usually think of when we think about social media, right? We think about like making reels on Instagram or getting on TikTok or I've got to become, you know, Insta famous or whatever BS or whatever. It can be as simple as connecting in with someone in your area or that could be a potential referral source and saying, hi, nice to meet you. Can I learn more about your business? Because I think some of my clients could really use you. Yeah. Um, and we show you how to do that for sure. Lisa Beth? Did you want to add anything? I, I would, 
repeat some of what has already been said in terms of going at your own pace and recognizing your my recognizing my limitations like just this week I realized that with my battle buddy I was setting myself up for failure by saying okay these are my goals and this is what I'm going to accomplish today when at, in actuality I had a full day of clients and I had to leave early so that it was crazy making and it was happening week after week. And so I finally just said to her, you know, some days I don't think I'm going to have time to do business stuff and that's okay. And this morning, instead, I chose to go to the gym. <laughs> okay. I just want to say for anyone, like the gym thing is like a huge thing for Lisa Beth. Like I that's like awesome. you having a gym that you can connect in and that you can go and make time. Like I'm so freaking proud of you to like, Oh, so sorry. And, and it, it's a bigger, even a bigger deal because, um, I, I broke my finger in January and I was swimming six days a week at the gym and then working out and I can't swim right now. And so I was telling myself, well, it's not worth to spend the gas to go to the gym when I have the exact same equipment in my basement, but I wasn't using it in the basement because it's so dreary down there. And I finally just made the decision that I am worth it. Just like I said, two months, you know, six months ago, I'm worth it to buy a gym membership. I said to myself, I'm worth it to go to the gym, even if it costs gas money and I'm only doing one thing and I have this stupid piece of equipment in my basement fuck it. I'm going, I need it. <laughs> so. I know we're running out of time. So I just want to thank those who have shared from business school. If you've been listening to them, thank them for taking time out of their schedules. They have busy practices and we're grateful for them to be here. Thank you, Stara. Um, Lisa Beth, Lisa had to go, Courtney, I see you here. And all of our new cohort peeps showing up, Haley, Maria, Kelly, I see y'all. And it's lo I love seeing your faces and Grinda um, for just sharing your heart. Um, it's so appreciated. Thank you all for being with us. Sending you much love. See you in business school. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Starting a Counseling Practice podcast. Just a reminder, if you want some support in your private practice, we have an upcoming free training on creating a subpoena process. So check it out at zinnime.com and we'll see you next time.